Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, we often cover, as you well know, uh, the housing crisis on this show, shortages of accommodation. And uh, you'll remember as well that uh, in recent times, RT Investigates went undercover in Dublin to show the conditions that people were living in. Well, one recent property for rent in Limerick has caught our attention and our researcher Ashlyn is here to tell us about a property listing she found on daft.ie for Limerick and you are welcome Ashlyn. Good morning to you. Morning Joe. So tell us about the property you saw listed on Daft. Um, so this house is in the Tomangate area of Limerick City and it looks like a regular property with the landlord describing it as a uh, little dated but clean with new beds. Uh, the picture shows modest size rooms, however they're chocolate block with bunk beds and one picture shows what looks like a single room having two bunks and what appears to be a double room having three bunks and the house was described as to sleep between 26 to 28 people. There are pictures with this advert, what can you tell from them? Uh, from the pictures, this is your average size kitchen, one washing machine, one sink. Uh, the first room is the only room to only have one bed and it appears to be a single room with a double bed in front of a window. Uh, the pictures show average size rooms with little furnishing. In each room, there's what appears to be new bunk beds with new mattresses. One picture is taken at a doorway, which appears to be a single room with two bunks side by side, leaving no room for any other furniture and what looks like barely a foot between the bunks. Uh, second room again has two bunks, one in front of the window and a bookshelf. A third single room has two bunks, one lengthways across the wall and the other one on the same wall as the window and jutting across the window. A fourth room has one shelving unit and again has three bunks and a wardrobe in between two of them. And the listing says there's only one bathroom but no picture was provided of the bathroom. Right. And who is this listing aimed at, Ashlyn? So the landlord has advertised the property as open to students and contractors um, but asked for one point of contract for me so only one person or company takes the licence and they collect rent from the others. Mm. And the rent for this property that's advertised? Two and a half thousand per month. So we understand, because I know uh, Gillian was on the show yesterday and across yesterday then we were promoting on Live 95 that we would be discussing this and it appears as though the ad for the property has disappeared as of earlier this morning. Yes, as of half eight this morning there's been, the listing has gone down. Okay. All right, Ashley Willison, thank you very much for both spotting that and for explaining it to us. And to give his reaction now is Sinn Féin Limerick City TD, Morris Quinlevin. Morris, good morning and you're welcome. Good morning, Joe. What do you make of this? Uh, look, it, it comes as a bit of a shock, but no surprise. Um, you know, they, they we're struggling in Limerick at the moment to provide accommodation for many families, workers, and it's going to be a problem in September with students again. Um but look, we regularly look at Daft Ali and other platforms that, that show what properties are available. Unfortunately, there's very little available and we're seeing the quality of some of them are really, really poor. For instance, there's a, a local village very close to Limerick where they're renting what's basically a shed for almost €1,200. Euros. You're allowed to have just one person there. They, they recommend they have a dog, but you can't have a dog. You know, and it's this sort of stuff that we're dealing with. Um, you know, that's €1,200 Euros for, for a single person. Um, they're say, and they're saying a whole lot of conditions on that and if they like you after a few months you can stay but that's not even legal you know so all, all these stuff needs to be looked at um, the one that Ashley ref- referenced there I know that property quite well um, if I'm not mistaken that property um, you know has been ongoing issues around that property for, for a while and obviously it was clearly what, the reason why it wasn't uh, a, a, a picture of the property done but look but to be clear 
this isn't against the law, no, what's it, happening here at all. As far as I know, it's not against the law. Um, the, the pictures were pretty shocking, but it's not against the law. You know, and that raises other questions, which, you know, we had thought would have been addressed at the time because the prime time investigates a number of, year, a number of years ago now at this stage, I think it was, you know, with, with the situation in Dublin. Um, as Ashley outlined there, some of those be- bunk beds were close to each other. There's only one toilet for potentially 24 people, unless I'm mistaken. Um and you know this we can do a lot better than that right. and, and, and I should also say that you know we are more than willing to hear from the landlord in this situation and to explain it the difficulty you have is that there is a huge problem with accommodation in Limerick and I don't know I mean well, we, we don't want to at, at the same time Joe we want to make sure that properties be due rent, rent out and I'm not suggesting this one is because I haven't been inside of it and I want to make that clear but I will be asking the council to do an inspection on that particular property just to make sure that it's up to fire standards um, up to safety standards um, you know we've had problems around the city already and some I know some flats have not have been redeveloped that haven't been done properly so they haven't been let yet but it, it is it is important as I said there's thousands of people on the social housing list, and there's people, as I, uh, there's people who are not available, not able to get on the housing list because their income is slightly above it, and they're the ones who are struggling. And as I said yesterday, on Daft in Limerick, there's just six properties available. Hey, do you see this in general terms now, not in reference to this specific property, as the gap between what somebody listening might consider ethical and what is in fact legal currently? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've we've had a we've had a problem in in Ireland for years and years, and before the before the state was even established about you know renting properties, tenements, um, substantial properties. We have come a long, long way on on dealing with that, but we have a long, long way to go as well. We need to make sure that when people are renting, that they can afford the rent. For instance, you know, we saw the stats that came out yesterday of younger people. What was it, sixty eight percent of younger people between twenty seven and twenty nine live at home in 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 Ireland, whereas in 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 Denmark, for instance, only 4% of, of that age group would be living at home. That's because our rental market is broken. You have no security of tenure. We have no security of um, what your rent is going to be. And, you know, we have a massive problem that nobody seems to be addressing is we have an, a huge number of older people who are finishing up their work in private, private rented accommodation will not be able to afford their rent when they're on a pension. And what are we going to do with them? Yeah. Morris, do you think that it is a point put out by those who lobby on behalf of landlords or is it a fact to some degree that there are responsible landlords who are getting out, that they're selling up and concerned about interest rates, for example, um, you know, and maybe they were caught in rent pressure zones at a point where they had a, a reasonably low rent and they look around at the market now and see that it's exploded. I, I think um, you know I, I'm, I'm all in favour of people renting privately if that if they can be done safe and securely and they can have some sort of security of tenure. I don't believe uh, landlords are leaving the market in, in huge numbers. I, num- a number of them are, but others are entering. So the, the the stats don't show that a lot of people have left. And you just saw those stats were out there last week. Um, but I know a lot of landlords, and they've told me this themselves. They bought these houses when the crash was here in 2011, 2012, at rock bottom prices, and now they're at sky high prices, and that's why they're selling them. You know, by and large, and, and it's, it's the market. It's the market. It's the market is dictating what's that. And the problem we have is across the state. It's not just in Limerick. We don't build enough social and affordable housing, which will alleviate an awful lot of pressure. And for instance, in Limerick City and County, we have two hundred and fifty plus 
houses that are owned by the local authority that are vacant and need to be done up as fast as possible. Do you believe that based on square footage, for example, there should be, and other criteria, a legal specification for how many people can be slept in rented accommodation? Well, uh, I, I think the most important thing there is not so much size, but safety measures. Make sure, you know, fire access, make sure the fire department and the council will look at these properties and make sure that they're safe for people to live in. Look, I lived in a bedsit myself when I lived in London. You know, it's not, they're not nice places we live in and our small properties. Um, I remember what that was like. I had a shared toilet at the time, you know. I don't think we need to go back down that route again. Um, and we we do have regulations here where rooms can't be of such a size, and it's important that we we keep up to that, you know. But you know we are in the middle of a housing crisis, and something like that could maybe could be done for a temporary. But the most important thing is that they they are secure, they're safe, and they're fire compliant. Mm. And you know, I, I would as um, some of the properties on Daft, we have referred to the council already, and the council will tell you most inspections they do unfortunately fail. Right. Um, someone working in the construction industry is saying, what would Morris suggest people do? For example, a building contractor, when he or she has to bring staff into an area and do a job and can't get accommodation for them, what should they do? And this um, listener says, I know a building contractor who provides accommodation in a house, workers sleeping on beds, couches and floors, and they're happy to do so for a few weeks or months to do a specific job. They don't have a big accommodation bill and they walk away with more of their pay. They can't always get enough workers, so bring people into the country too and house them like this. They get their pay and go home to another country, wherever that might be, Eastern Europe or whatever, uh, with a lot of money, particularly when they go back to their home country. What's your thought? Well, you see lots of people like that. Um, That's not just people who want to be in construction. Every company I've dealt with in the Midwest region, I've met most of them in the last couple of months, will tell me they're struggling to find places for their workers to live, whether there are people who are highly qualified professionals or or in lower skilled jobs. Um, We have that problem. But look, I don't mind where people, but I do mind where people live, but I don't have a problem with, with what they're, what that guy from the construction industry was saying, as long as the property is safe and secure, it's not permanent. It's not going to be permanent for people, but it's fire compliant and compliant with the rules of the local authority and the government. Right. You know, as long as that's done, you know, we can we can deal with that. Like student accommodation wouldn't be. Well, well, that's a good question because um, Ashley is still with us, and uh, not that long since you were a student yourself, and there's real pressure on again this year, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's really, really hard to find a, a room either in the suburbs of Limerick or in Limerick City. Um, I was trying to find a room there for the last couple of months. I can tell you it's really, really difficult, particularly affordable rooms. Like there was one room, a double bed in the city um, and I was going to rent it and I asked, you know, a shared bathroom and 900 euros, you know, like for, I don't know how anyone could afford it and I particularly don't know how any worker, particularly if you're living at a home as a young person, you know, you're kind of at a loss really. So do you think we are going to see the couch surfing again that we heard about in the last couple of years and also long commuting into our colleges. Absolutely, yeah. And any any person who's from a county that's not a university county is really, uh, they have a struggle on their hands because it's either commuting with public transport that doesn't necessarily run at the right times to suit a university or college schedule or um, facing rents that are like astronomical. Were you surprised um, as a younger person to hear about the percentages living at home up to maybe 30 years old? 
Not, not at all, no. The majority of my friends now would live at home. Um, like, I had one friend and we were, like, debating, you know, moving out and getting a house together. And she just said, like, you'd be at such a loss, you know, as, as to the majority of your income be going on rent and to spend a couple of years saving or even going abroad and save seems to make more sense for people, particularly for their future, if they want ever to think about getting a mortgage or whatever. I think it's seen as a sacrifice, maybe, of your 20s. Yeah. And uh, briefly, Morris Quinlevin on one other subject. Your thoughts now on a directly elected mayor for Limerick? We're told that there will be an election the same day as the local and Europeans. Will Sinn Féin have a candidate, for example? Will you have a cut at it yourself, as they'd say? Well, we'll definitely have a candidate. We haven't decided who that's going to be. I have to say, uh, the legislation was published recently. We have a story out on that this week. It'll be covered in the Limerick Post today, I think, um, and to other media outlets. Um, we were very disappointed with the legislation that came forward. I studied it carefully as did a couple of my colleagues. I don't see any additional powers delivered to the devolved mayor, which is really what we, what what not people were sold in 2019 and, and promises from government. But you still have a candidate? We still have a candidate, yeah. And on the idea that hopefully the Sinn Féin government will in, enhance those powers going forward. But, you know, we made submissions both to the cons- consultation at the time, to the Rector's Committee at the time, and we will be submitting a huge number of amendments to the bill as it is. Because, uh, uh, because sorry, I, I just you, uh, are you ruling yourself in or out? Well, I'm not saying anything yet, Joe, because we haven't made any decisions on the thing. You know, I I would have been, I would have loved to run for this if there was um, the powers devolved, but I don't see any powers devolved in that. So I have a big decision to make myself and others in in the party are making that decision. But look, Joe, it is, I think it's a unique opportunity for Limerick. I think other counties will copy us if we get this right, but. The legislation that's come forward hasn't delivered any additional powers. Right. To the elected and and finally, briefly, because we'll be coming back to this um, a lot. What about the debate about the person or the profile of the person who should be elected, who should stand here? A lot of talk about coming from completely outside politics, having you know a big business or major administrative background, but at the same time being electable across the city and county. It's going to be a huge constituency. Yeah, it's a big constituency. Obviously, the city and the county, people in the city would have more of an affection or an attachment to mayor, whereas the county people weren't that bothered about a mayor because they weren't the tradition of having a mayor in the county. Um, but it, we have to get somebody, and look, I think it should be somebody from the political, it's a political role. Um, it's going to be a very, very important, probably the most important role that we will develop outside of government. You know, So it's important that the person does come from a political background, with a political understanding. The people will be the, ultimately will be the ones who decide, but we don't want to elect somebody who might be just popular but not capable. This is really, really important that we get this right. And I, I have no doubt that we get it right. And hopefully the government will take some of the amendments we're putting down that the mayor will have enhanced roles and powers and other local authorities like Cork and Waterford will definitely follow us. OK. Well, listen, thank you for all of that. That's Sinn Féin, Limerick City, TD, Morris Quinlevin. Thank you to Ashlyn for her research into that accommodation as well. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett on Live 95.